This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is available across the world. It's telehealth, which means it's virtual therapy that you can do from your couch. And now is a perfect time if you're struggling emotionally or you feel really overwhelmed to try out a therapist. And via BetterHelp, if you don't like the person you've been paired with, There's no charge for changing therapists. All you have to do is fill out a quick questionnaire on their website and you will be talking to someone within 24 hours. If you want to support this show, you can really help us out by using our code and you'll get 10% off your first month of therapy. So head to trybetterhelp.com slash helpmebeme. Thanks. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is a power-up episode um, that's on the topic of how to process um, and move through overwhelming emotions that come with just upheaval, life upheaval, and that's something that a lot of people are going through right now. Um, And I think one thing that's really relevant is there's like, the stage has been set for us not being able to help ourselves right now because isolation is kind of the norm. And when we're physically isolated from other human beings, it's really toxic for the body. It actually kills people. There's a reason that like statistics of, you know, men that are not married die much earlier. It's it's really bad for your health, your mental health, but also your physical health to to not be around other human beings, to not have human connection. So if you are isolated and you are also taking in what is happening just upheaval-wise on the news, it's doubly overwhelming. Um, Past that, there are um, a lot of tools that we might normally not realize are helpful to us that are off the table right now because of when you are, you know, 
you don't realize you're, you're regulating your body when you're like, I need to go maybe see a movie or I need to get out of the house for a little while and maybe I'll just go for a walk on the beach or whatever it is. Like those are actually tools to help your body regulate and like balance your brain. And when those are taken away, all of our balance is tipped off with it. So it's like a lot of things that have changed in recent months have affected also our, our baseline for mental health. Um, so all of that said, what I'm going to try and offer you here are some specific tools to help in the face of all of these things. And just know that like, if you're suffering and you're overwhelmed, it's really hard. It feels really hard at first to build up a kind of self uh, healing practices because they're new and because your body is not used to them and your brain's not used to them. But it's almost like you have to double down on, on starting those habits, like get a jump start. And what happens is they build momentum. It's like a current. It starts to flow faster and faster and it gets easier, but it takes a little bit more effort at the beginning. So if you're new to the process of trying to like, um, self-regulate and heal yourself and take care of yourself mentally, trust that it's like, yeah, it feels weird at first, but like, you gotta just like almost, you know, double down just at the very start of things. Um, so that's a, a preamble. I haven't even really introduced like why I'm doing this episode. This is an, in response to several of you who have written to me. I've been getting a lot more letters recently about just people struggling to feel, um, in, in their bodies and to be able to calm themselves down. Um, and just before I even go into this, I just want to apologize to anybody in particular if I do not use the exact type of language or um, address specific um, emotional uh, overwhelm that you are craving to hear about. I'm attempting to address a lot of different types of requests in one episode just for the sake of getting it out as quickly as possible. And for anybody that's listening to this, maybe you know, months in the future, right now in the world, we are collectively experiencing the wake of the murder of George Floyd, among many others, and also navigating his death as it's being experienced um, in a time of isolation due to COVID. And also just, I think the effects, experiencing the effects of polarizing and intense coverage of all of the the ways that the world is responding to that so there's a, a an excess of um a lot of information and a lot of overwhelming information on the news and in social media and a lot of, of very intense opinions and emotions and feelings that we're all just digesting at once so it's a lot for a lot of people so i'm speaking to all of those who are overwhelmed and don't know where to turn and don't know what to do and don't know how to help, how to help themselves right now and know that um, this is in response to letters that I'm getting that are not all related to one type of upheaval. So some of you are struggling to process the anger and the feelings of powerlessness over injustice. Some of you are struggling to deal with anxiety and sadness on top of anger and powerlessness. Some of you are feeling just so many things that you feel like you're going to break into a million pieces and you feel like you can't take more uncertainty. 
Some of you are feeling just useless and like nothing you do matters and you're feeling just isolated in that. And some of you are feeling lonely and overwhelmed by just everything that's happening right now and you just can't feel like you can't deal with so much uncertainty anymore and a lot of you are also just afraid to reach out because you know that everybody else is also feeling the same thing so it's like a doubling down of isolation um, and some of you are still reeling from just the the results of COVID including the uncertainty over the future joblessness and are a lot of you are very heavily affected by the toxicity of social media and news and rhetoric right now um, and all, all of this is so much to manage, to understand and to process and to also understand your own role and how you can be active in it. I mean, that is in its, itself, it's a huge challenge just to know, like, how can I be helpful? How can I be, um, positive right now? Like, what do I, what does that even look like for me? Because we're still, so we're, we're trying to take in so much, especially if you are someone who, you know, already suffers from anxiety or depression, it can be very challenging to deal with all of this. And especially if you're someone who really cares about the issues, um, it can, it can feel like the worst form of powerlessness. So overall, I think there's so much widespread suffering because a lot of people out there, you know, who have never experienced trauma or, or who have not been pushed to their threshold as far as dealing with overwhelm and anxiety, this is a very hard time to be experiencing that because right now we don't have resources like that we normally do. We can't go and like be with all of our best friends and like sit together and hug each other. And it's not as easy to like go meet a new therapist or I mean, that said, it's a great time to be a therapist virtually, but altogether, it's like, it's a difficult time to not have access to all of the regular tools that we might normally have. So this episode is slightly different in structure. Um, first I'm going to address those in an immediate state of, I feel like I'm going to explode or jump out a window kind of emotion. And then I'm going to have some tools for just, I guess, daily processing of panic and anxiety um, that can be applied in the coming weeks. So with that, this is the first part. This is a five-step process for triage, meaning you're losing your shit, you feel like you don't know what the fuck to do, you're just panicked and overwhelmed and like, where do I, what do I do with this energy? That's, so here we go. So whenever I get into this state of just like you're simultaneously going to explode and fall apart. First things first. That's the only thing you have to remember. First things first. I have to stop and step back and like check in. Like what's the list of things to do? Think of it like you are building a house. Like we start with a baseline. So the first immediate step, number one, you've got to build a foundation. Like think about like you're setting up a tent, you know, you got to hammer those stakes into the ground so that it's going to stay put. So by tent poles, I mean, you're going to tether yourself to something, something meaning people, support sources, any physical locations that can keep you safe. That means building lifelines 
to other people. So informing, first step would be inform somebody of your mental state. Um, any practical details of your current situation. If this means like, I think I might commit suicide, that means you're calling a national suicide hotline. And that's first point of contact. If you're unstable emotionally, then I would also gather a resource list, um, including where you can go if you need to be watched by somebody physically. So like, for example, if there's a family member that lives nearby, you're getting their address. If there is a uh, friend that you know will answer the phone, you're getting their phone number. Tether yourself to as many things around you as possible. So my first move would be calling a friend or texting maybe a fi five friends and saying like, hey, I'm having a really, really hard time. I don't know what to do with myself. Just wanted you to be aware I'm in a very fragile emotional state. We're starting to ground in some very practical sense. It's the first step. Second step, move your body. Um, this doesn't have to be complicated. It can be messy and ugly and inelegant with all the lights off. If you're in a lot of pain and your body feels like, I'm fucking losing it, release some of this energy some in some shape or form. Um, if, if you need me to be explicit as to how you do that, like high volume music, uh, jumping, <laughs> convulsing, I mean, dancing it out. If you have, if you're comfortable dancing, um, if you're uncomfortable with all of those ideas, like just jumping jacks with some sort of auditory component is really helpful. For example, maybe you're plugging your ears and you're just breathing really, really loudly, or you're listening to one song on repeat. If you're physically able, I highly recommend just shaking it out. Like sh start by shaking your head and then move it down your neck, then your arms, your shoulders, your hips, your belly, all the way down both legs. Like literally like you're moving the energy out of your body um, and out your limbs. And if all of those feel too silly or embarrassing to you, then just try running in place for one minute. Um, and if you're able to, if you're able to like leave your space, like movement combined with a change of environment is also really, really helpful just because it helps your brain to um, get a little distance from the thought process you're in. So like one of the things I do when I'm like in this state is I just like run out the front door, just leave. Um, obviously not if I'm with a baby, but I think, you know, if you can, if you have the luxury of leaving, just get change your environment, zag. Just start walking and walk around the block, come back, do it again. It just allows you to get a tiny bit of distance from whatever is like overwhelming you at any given time. All right, step three, mental inventory. So let's assume we're walking or we're moving or we're doing something. What boxes do I need to check? You're going to be taking a mental inventory of like, what, what does my body and my brain need right now? What are the um, usual suspects of the factors that I'm dealing with? What are the factors in play in your life right now? Have you not had any in-person human contact for a few weeks? Have you not been sleeping? Just take an inventory of the factors that are contributing to the conditions of your emotional state. Just know what they are. This is not about explaining things away. 
It's only about um, knowing what you need to take off your plate or address or, and or just putting all of this in perspective somewhat. So, for example, you might put like, I've been consuming six hours more of screen time on social media. I haven't been sleeping consistently. I haven't been, my diet has been bad. I haven't had human contact for four days, um, in-person human contact. I haven't been getting a lot of sun, etc. Just notate to yourself what has been happening. And if any of those are immediately addressable, pick one and address it. For example, if you have not had any in-person contact with a human being, like six feet away contact, your next step after this walk is to head toward the home of that person right now and call them on the way. If you cannot do that, but you are overwhelmed, maybe just that means you have to get your body to a place that allows you to have um, a little bit of calming energy. So somewhere where there are trees, for example. Um, a good default is just something that allows you to have a different experience of a temperature. So for example, if you are able to take a cold shower, like that's something that's accessible to a lot of us. Cold, cold temperatures on our face are very, uh, they're shocking, but they're also resetting in our, if we're in a spiral, a thought process that's like taking over. Step four is be seen and be heard. Just where you are right now. And by that, I mean vent, narrate, disclose the panic, the irrational fears, the anger, whatever it is, you need to let it out and just be a mess in front of someone. And that is just, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything, you know, positive or constructed, whatever you are in the process of doing, um, you know, let's say you're driving to a family member's house or you're moving your body or you're taking a bath in this window of emotion. It's really important to be able to be seen in your pain. And I know it's very difficult, especially if you're not a person who has done this before. It's really hard to reach out. It's really hard to ask somebody to listen to you and be there for you and feel bad for you, especially if they're in a bad place themselves, but do it anyway. And it's just starts simply with like, Hey, can I, can I just barf out some emotions on you right now? Or is it okay if I vent a little bit? Like, can you chat quickly and literally just like narrate what's happening? Just spew it. Don't correct it. Um, just allow yourself to just allow someone to, to witness you in your pain. And I know a lot of you have t thoughts that stop you from doing that. Like you might tell yourself, I feel bad. My friends have enough on their plates. People are busy. People are suffering. They're in their own dark place, etc. We all benefit from connection. And it also allows people to feel of service. And it, it betters their mental health when they are able to be involved in helping you. So just know that that's an unhealthy thought process that tells you to isolate yourself and not reach out. When people feel valuable and useful, it improves their mood. So whoever it is, reach out to somebody, just let it out. That's just an already a healing move on your part. Next, 
Number five, channel your energy into something positive. This is obviously the last step because it means you've addressed some of the other more immediate needs up front. But this is a selfish act and it's very therapeutic and it gives you back a sense of control and calm. It's helpful to other people obviously as well, but like to actually be active in making something better is intensely uh, therapeutic and helpful to um, powerlessness and anything that is eating you inside. It doesn't have to be something, an action that's directly connected to the source of your suffering. It can be a positive act that is in service of helping somebody else. It can be a positive act connected to just reaching out to somebody else. It can be helping a cause that uh, makes you feel, you know, something related to something that's making you feel powerless. Any action that's positive will do. Um, And if you're at a loss as to what to choose, um, I would say like just the easiest go-to positive action that I will offer to you right now is uh, make a, a small donation online. Just donate whatever, a dollar to an organization that resonates with whatever is causing you upset currently. Um, if you don't know what organization to donate to, a good default is Kiva um, because Kiva is something that is connected to individuals. I think that's one reason that it's really helpful is you're seeing other human beings that you're helping and they're very small sum donations that go a long way with those people. Um, if you have Instagram, obviously you will see the many thousands of posts about the vast number of meaningful causes related to George Floyd or, you know, the ACLU, easy go-to donation. Um, and if donations are not uh, something you can ha- you can handle financially right now, alternately, reach out to somebody that you haven't reached out to in a while and just say, like, hey, I'm thinking of you, just checking in on you. Um, be of service in some shape or form. Alternately, you can make something in your home better. For example, clean something, organize something, Um, put something away. Uh, Cleaning your space is very uh, calming and soothing. It's the squirrel in us, I guess, (laughs) but it actually does when you have your physical house in order, your mental house is much more in order as well. I also recommend throughout all of these steps, talking aloud to yourself in a friendly, calm manner. Like you can hear it better when you are also saying something out loud it's it's more helpful. It's like it's more it exists more when it's not just in your head. And those are the five steps. And you might be wondering, like, well, where does that get me? If I if I do all of those things, I'm still stuck in the same situation. I'm still suffering. I have nowhere to put this energy. I'm not really making any concrete change. Like these five steps are really about getting some of that brain blocking energy out and getting back to a more centered place. The best action is decided from a more calm and rational place because that is where we have access to the part of our brain that can plan for the future based on all the insights and all of the understanding we have um, about the past and the future. Like it will be whatever actions we take will be more intelligent when we are in a calm place. So the goal is really just to get access to more of yourself. Um, and how will you know when you get that access? You will be able to know what to do. That's it. It's, just, it's that simple. When you know what to do, you can do it. But when you don't have access to that, when you feel like 
you know, really overwhelmed. It's just, there's nothing to do. You're completely paralyzed. So when you're, when you're emotionally calm, it's like the world opens back up again. And if you find you are spinning in circles and every decision feels wrong, that is a sign that you have to stop and step back and do some triage. So when you're in that emotional state, when there's nothing plain and obvious to do, that is all the information you need. It just means there's nothing to do but center yourself. And do not feel pressured to act if you do not know what actions to take. I know for a lot of people there are times um, that you feel like triggered by the fact that like you need you feel like I need to do something I need to do something but you don't know what to do and then you feel like a sense of self-blame so if you don't know what to do just yet don't worry you will first things first all right so here are some tools for the management of day-to-day overwhelm and this is just like I guess to start a current in the direction of more balanced um self-care and emotional care. So the first tool is called play with the dials. Like imagine, you know, one of those old record player tuners, like they had those big giant dials. Think about your, this on your brain and on your perception of the world. And just like when you're in a really fucked up emotional state, just play with the dials and go turn it all the way to the highest and then turn it all the way to the lowest. And by that, I mean, like, we, we all have a particular particular lens that we bring to interpret the world. Um, sometimes it's referred to as a schema. And it's all based on our, our experiences and um, also the emotional experiences we've, ha- we've had in our upbringing as well as in our adulthood. So how we interpret the world and everything that is happening has everything to do with um, just... Our, our experience of reality and it also dictates our emotional state um, so this will very much you know inform our biases and what our brain tends to pick up on information wise in the world around us so I just want to remind you that your brain is like it is an interpreter and there are many versions of reality that are true And so one thing that's helpful when we're really, really overwhelmed, especially in a negative way, is just to remind ourselves that there are other versions of our own reality that are true simultaneously that we can tune into just to ground ourselves a little bit more. So the practice I'm offering you is start by turning the dial all the way up. And by that I mean like, what is the most extreme panic version of this reality? So maybe that's like everything in the future is fucked, my life is fucked, my love life is fucked, the world is falling apart, people are terrible, we shall give up, Um, this is all going to be helpless, tomorrow is going to be helpless, and that might feel like this is true, we're fucked, everything's terrible. Now I want you to take that dial and turn it all the way the other direction to the most mild positive, optimistic, neutral version of all the facts, all the same information you have access to right now. So for example, that might be, there's a lot of major change happening right now. Uh, There's a huge reset button in the world. Nothing will be as I expect it to be. The future is unwritten. Um, Everything can change in a single day. 
Um, I'm helping myself. I'm in the process of, of helping myself right now at this very moment. I'm very fortunate because I have a roof over my head. I have very close friends who love me. I have so many people around me who support me. I have strangers who care about me and are, are there for me and are invested in helping me, um, etc. And the second half of this is really about like, you've got to do it like you're doing a research project. You've got to actually actively pick out the true facts of the opposite argument for reality. In other words, you're allowing your brain to scrub um, for the opposite kind of information to exp- to disprove the extreme information. So this exercise is just to remind you that perspective creates your direct experience of reality. And it's vital that you are an active participant in your particular filtering process because you have to regulate and very much just titrate how much you let in to your person. It's not irresponsible to do that. It's responsible to do that. And that is because you need you at the wheel of your life. You need you functioning. You need you balanced and rational. Um, And I, I also want you to recognize like in this process, what is the most helpful and activating to you? And what is, what do you notice is harmful? Like when you let in a flood of um, overwhelming content, is that, does it help you or does it hurt you? Do you find that it makes you, you more chaotic and unable to be, um, active and just know that there is at, at any given time in your life, there is so much you don't know and there's so much you cannot see. And that's a good thing because you, you can't know all. It's impossible to. You are not responsible for knowing everything and for predicting the future and solving for that future. You are only responsible for yourself and making sure you are, you are doing your best as that self at any given time. And that means having all of your wits about you and your most rational, wise self um, at the wheel. So just ask yourself, how can I take care of myself in this moment? so that I can be the most active and useful and empowered version of myself. Um, It starts with having clarity. All right, the next tool is called mental stage setting. So as I mentioned previously about your personal biases and where where your brain filter is at, what you expect from your day very much is how you will interpret the moments throughout your day. Pam Grout, who I love, author, um, has some, one of the exercises in one of her books that describes like the VW bug effect. So when you decide you're going to get a new Volkswagen bug, suddenly you see Volkswagen bugs everywhere. So the, the same goes for your mindset. So the mindset you have when you wake up in the morning is kind of like your VW filter for the day. It decides if you are going to see all of the proof of how everything's difficult and how everything's working against you and how you just can't deal anymore. Like if that's the thinking you wake up with, that's probably what you're going to be looking for throughout your day. So this tool is really a reminder to set your mental stage in the morning for 
positive things and empowering things. And this is about being deliberate, like literally writing down, what do I expect to see? That's literally what I write down in my journal. What do I expect to see in my life tomorrow? And you can just make it as positive and maybe not you as you want to. It, it still works. Um, and this is, and you have to remind yourself when you wake up in the morning, like, I, what do I expect to see in my life? Uh, examples of love and strength and closeness and productivity, whatever it is, you get to decide. And then very much throughout your day, you're going to be reminding your body how to feel. Um, what am I looking for? What am I searching for? What's my filter for my next 24 hours? Even if you're at zero, like you are totally, let's say you haven't been sleeping very well. You're very depleted energy wise. You have a lot of life chaos happening. You can still alter every other thought. Cause I know exactly what that feels like. And, and it's like, you're really, you're fighting that current throughout the day of like, feeling um like you're gonna explode or snap or whatever it is so it's really about reminding yourself after each of those um reactionary thoughts that you still have agency when you notice it when you notice yourself going to that default you still have control over the next thought you have which is like i'm choosing to focus on the love in my life the joy in my life the moments of that I can treasure in my life. What are these special, you know, memories I can store in a bottle for the rest of my life that I'm witnessing right now? Um, okay, so that's the morning ritual for mental conditioning. All right, the next tool: reframing. I've given this on previous episodes, but this is really helpful for um, moment to moment just manual resetting of your perspective on things. So it's, it's really about like in the moment you're noticing yourself making something negative or, or recognizing something negative or telling yourself something is bad. We can actually manually reframe it and find the positive of it at the same time, which is really a, f I find it like to be a fun exercise. Um, it's like changing the language around, you know? So for example, um, if you are getting beat up by a toddler, let's say, and they're pulling your hair or they're hitting you or biting you and you're like, there's some part of your just human soul that is like, I don't like to be hurt in this way. Can you tell this is anecdotal? Um, there's a way to reframe that individual moment. Like you can say like, how can I reframe this? Um, and you can say like, I get to have this moment with this little tiny being that I will miss one day and I'll never get to have it again. And like this age is so precious. It's, it's like a little, uh, you know, a math equation. It's like, you have to solve it, but it's, it's true. When you get to the other side of it, it's actually true. And it's a helpful brain training process to go through. All right. The next tool is called um, Cornerstone Beliefs. So I want you to check out just if you have particular 
like I've talked about biases before, if you have particular cornerstone beliefs for negativity, we all have baggage that makes us attach negative ideas to um, certain things in the world and in life. And we also have cornerstone beliefs for things that are positive. But I think it's really helpful to recognize what they are in ourselves so we can know how they they catalyze a particular mood or worldview. Um, like by cornerstone beliefs, I mean like there are certain things stored in our bodies that are symptom or like signals to our brain that tell us like, oh, and now everything is bad and now life is dark and now I should be hopeless and now I should be really worried. It's like they set off a chain reaction of expectations and, um, so for you, for example, it might be like a success at work is a positive cornerstone belief where you're like, I'm doing great. My life is great. I'm ahead of the curve and I'm doing everything right. And I'm a, I'm a success as a person. It'll catalyze a whole other set of like everything I own is beautiful, whatever it is. A negative one might be, um, let's say if you're a codependent, like your partner is um, depressed or your partner is mad at you, that might catalyze a whole set of beliefs in your body that like, and now my, now the world's terrible. My life is terrible. Everything is going to be terrible in the next month or so. Um, this might take a little bit of thinking, like it might not immediately be obvious to you, but like once you start to notice what yours are, these are these like giant weird buttons that get activated in us that can really make us believe they are true. And I mean, in the case of the positive ones, like let them fly. But like in the case of the negative, negative ones, when you notice one is being activated and you remember it exists, it's an opportunity for you to actually disengage it. Like you can actually say to yourself like, Oh no, no, no. This is one of those beliefs I have. It's, it's all inside of me. And then you, when you recognize it, you, when you expect different, when you tell yourself like, maybe that's not true though. Maybe all of these expectations don't have to be catalyzed. You will recognize that they aren't true, that they don't have to follow through. Like it, it, it's almost like what you were going to perpetuate in your own life just gets derailed as far as like a negative set of expectations go, goes. So hope that made sense. It's probably a, deserves a longer explanation, but like if you have certain trigger points with the topically, just take note of them. And then in the moment they're activated, m disengage, say like, no, no, this is one of those things in me that I don't need to follow through with. Maybe that's not happening at all. Okay. Next tool is called manual system resets. So by that, it's like, you know, the hard reset button on your, on your computer or on your phone. Right now we have to be really, really deliberate about refreshing our perspective. For a lot of people right now, news addiction is a major problem and it can become a very unhealthy obsession. So aside from taking mental breaks from consuming information, it's important to get space from whatever issues are consuming you, period. Like, and that, and by that, I mean, like you have to book some time on your own calendar to be 
turned off from that thing. So if you have a hobby that brings you soothing that you have maybe put down for a long time, this is a no duh, but like dedicate some time each day to that practice. Like it's your job. So if you, for example, like to paint, you used to like to paint, or, um, if you like swimming pools, like get a bucket of water, (laughs) put your feet in that water, um, dedicate some time each day to something that is completely unrelated and disconnected from your everyday reality slash job. If you want a rapid perspective change, changing your physiology in some abrupt way is really helpful. I just learned that putting ice on your eyes is a a great way to change your mood. Um, If you're an easy go-to is just watch videos of people laughing. It's really instant mood changer because it's impossible not to laugh. So if you want to go to like a stock website, just watch people laughing. All right, next tool is called Luden's Drops. So I don't know if you've had those cough drops that are like, they're super weak as far as coughs go, but they're like delicious candies. So this tool is like that. It's like a little drop of sugar that also has a tiny bit of positive medicine in it. So throughout your day, just take these little Luden cough drops if you're in pain. And by that I mean like just do some small acts of purpose. Check in on a friend, make a donation, um, channel your actions into something positive like cleaning, uh, liking something that somebody you care about posted, just small little deliberate, just you've got to make sure in your brain you're like, I am now taking a positive action. This is something that just like improves your ratio of positivity in the course of a day. And that I'm all about tipping ratios in that positive direction just because that's an easy equation for building up um, a positive perspective all right the next tool is a mantra let it come from love and mantras used to be one of those things that I was just like I roll it just seemed I don't know completely impractical and unrealistic to have a mantra I guess the word mantra itself is kind of weird, but this is just basically something like I want you to physically put your hand on your heart, hands over your heart or a hand over your heart and just mentally say to yourself, let it come from love. So this is kind of like a divine intention, I would say, that just centers, it centers you, centers your soul and just allows you to feel like whatever you're doing you're coming from the right place. And there's just simple comfort in knowing that. It, 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 no matter what you're doing throughout your day, if you're about to go into a meeting with somebody, if you're about to jump on the phone with somebody, if you're about to walk out the door, put your hands over your heart and say, like, let, let it come from love. Let us come from love. Let me come from love. That's it. It's so nice to feel like I mean that. And that's true for me. And that's just, I think, grounding wherever you are in your life. So those are my tools. Um, I really highly suggest if you are experiencing some challenges to your mental stability right now, like, start to definitely center yourself. But, like, it's really important to make a a long-term strategy 
for how you're going to support your own mental health and your own wisdom um, over the long haul. So, like, if you don't do it today, you know, maybe think about, like, do I want to maybe start doing some work in therapy? Do I want to start a new exercise routine? Do I want to start maybe a mindfulness practice? Do I want to buy a couple books on a particular topic? Like, definitely don't let it stop with just, I need to get through right now. It's, it's helpful, I think, to have also circles where people are open to talking about stuff with you and sharing their experiences with you and have um, the ability to self-reflect and work on themselves. So if you don't have that in your immediate circle now, it's definitely worth expanding that circle so you do have people like that around you. So before I close, I want to send a huge thank you to all of those who have donated. Um, thank you so much to my latest sponsor, Anne. Thank you. And a huge donation from John. Thank you so, so much. Appreciate. That was a very nice donation. Another huge donation from Abby. Thank you so, so very much. Um, if anyone has the means, donations definitely help me make this show. If you don't, I totally get it. Uh, if you have time to make a review on iTunes, I really appreciate your guys' kind words there. And um, by all means, if you have any requests or questions, feel free to reach out to me via yaywithme.com. And if you know anyone that needs this episode, please share it. That helps me reach others. So in closing, um, I want to remind you to forgive yourself for asking for help, for feeling like you need help, or for feeling that you are weak or losing your shit, you are in good company. I've never gotten so many letters from people who are, you know, past the threshold for tolerating painful emotions. You know, there's so much pain right now and powerlessness and stress and overwhelm. And it's happening to more people in your circle than you likely know. So just take heart in knowing you are much less alone than you think you are. And if you have the capacity to reach out to others and see if they need to talk and see how they are feeling and share your perspective, um, I think you'll be surprised by how helpful and needed that is. Because when we can be seen in our pain, we can better move through it. So much of therapy and the effect, effectiveness of therapy is just having a witness who validates our pain and sees us and understands just the full extent of what we're going through and fully genuinely feels for us. That is such a powerful gift that we can give to one another, especially right now. And know that in every experience of devastation and loss and tumult, there's also a great gift. There's a great uh, opportunity for rebirth and change. And it's just like, you know, it's like resetting a bone. New strength is possible. So there's a reason that so many people who have been through traumas say they would not change their past because it brings with it just a capacity for so much more strength and growth that we previously did not have access to. So I'm thinking of all of you, and I send you my love. And if, if anybody um, 
has any questions or requests, by all means, reach out. And as always, and because it's also helpful, please smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.